Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Uh, hello. This is your official Leguizamarama spoiler warning. If you're a massive Val Kilmer fan and you've been planning on watching Joe the King, uh, I'd watch the movie first and then listen to this podcast because we spoil the whole movie. Um, But also if you're just a fan of really, really sad, depressing films with no uplifting vibe whatsoever, maybe you should also watch Joe the King because that was very much the feeling of this movie. Anyway, spoiler warning. Thank you so much. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama, a podcast where two people uh, sit down, um, sometimes in a room, for the bulk of the history of this podcast on a Zoom. They sit down and they talk about uh, a film, a game, not no games yet, but a series, a uh, um, tally, seri- tally show, an s- online sketch, a music video, a piece of media starring their favourite actor and one they believe is, is viciously underrated um, in America and disgustingly underrated elsewhere, which is even more than vicious. John Leguizamo. I'm one of those two hosts. My name is Zachary Ruane. You might know me from having delayed and cancelled every single screening, both solo and um, <laughs> featuring my, my co-partner, Mish, in Melbourne and Sydney for the last three <laughs> months. Um, I'm joined, as always, by <laughs> <laughs> Mish Wittrup. Um Sorry, I've just watched the most depressing movie ever and I'm in lockdown. <laughs> I'm not bringing the joy. I'm joined, oh as always, by uh, Mish Wittrup, who you might know from. From having... I, I don't have the ability to bring it up for either of us. Like, usually if Zach or I are in a bit of a uh, slump, mm. the other one will be like, oh, good, I'll I'll take this and I'll, mm. I'll make it make it upbeat. But like Zach said, we just watched the saddest fucking movie of all time mm. and we're currently in our 76th lockdown. <laughs> um, doing this over Zoom, neither of us have a highly, you know, strong internet connection. No. We both look very tired considering we're in lockdown. Um, so I'm thinking that the vibe of this episode is going to be super chill. <laughs> it's a chill uh, one. It's a it's chill, a chill one. one, guys. It's two it's what people we need. that are just embracing. Yeah. You know, I had a moment the other night where I was feeling really, really sad and I was getting all worked up about it. 
because I didn't have any real reason to feel sad. I'm I'm staying home. I love my home. I love my partner. I love my dog. I'm home, you know. Mm. Um, so I was fighting it and then I was like, no, Zach, embrace the sadness. Be one with the sadness. I had a very uh, Buddhist uh, mindfulness moment where I just was yeah. like, I am sad. Mm. This is how I am. Mm. And um, I think that's the tone of this podcast. Uh, 100%. It's there's, a- something I've, there's something I've learned about myself in uh, since this whole global pandemic, look it up. Um, What's this? Is that it's, it's- <laughs> What's this? What's this? I don't. Wiki it, cunt. Like, <laughs> just jump on the wiki. I reckon if you wikied global pandemic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it'd be in there. Yeah. Um, is that I love a thought-provoking film. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, something uh, something in depth, something with layers, something that makes you think beyond the seeing of it. But s- every time we go into lockdown, all my brain can take, all my brain can take, are shitty YouTube videos mm-hmm. and really, really trashy reality television. Mm. So I've been watching nothing but The American Bachelorette and Love Island UK for the last two weeks and then somewhere in the middle of watching these 22-year-olds pretend that they're on a reality television show to fall in love when in fact they're just there to be half naked near a pool, mm-hmm. um, brand themselves so that they can get a teeth whitening deal at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Some are in the mm. middle of watching TV shows of drunk mm. 22-year-olds making kisses in tropical mm. resorts. Mm-hmm. I had to watch Joe the King. <laughs> so mm. I'm thrown. I'm very thrown. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I feel you. I, I, I oscillate pretty wildly with what I'm in the mood for. So, like, last night I watched um, – last night – I watched, uh, we got Doc Play, me and Annie, we got Doc Play, which is an Australian streaming service, a friend yeah, of mine. I've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great if you like documentaries. I'm, I don't mind documentaries. I like documentaries. It's, a, it's one of the genres I like. But Annie, my partner, like, loves documentaries. Like, that's, she, she would watch nothing but documentaries if she could. Yeah. Um. And uh, so last night we were struggling to pick everything I want to watch right now. All of my lockdown vibes are not hers. Like I want to watch Rick and Morty. Yeah. I want to watch, um, there's this show called like Fried and Fancy or something on Netflix about a man who just goes around eating fried things. Um, I've seen it. Yeah. I want to watch. My, that's my lockdown vibe. Yeah. I want to watch, um, I just I'm, like I genuinely just want to watch like, uh, YouTube videos about architecture. That's the thing I'm on at the moment. <laughs> um, Annie doesn't want to watch any of them. So we went to Doc Play and I watched probably the best documentary I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a film called Collective. Um, it's incredibly depressing. So we're on the depressing vibe. Mm. It's incredibly depressing, but so subtly brilliant. It, it feels like... Um, uh, all the President's Men or Spotlight. You've seen Spotlight? It's like I've seen a, All the President's Men. Oh, great, yeah. Um, it's like a documentary version of All the President's Men. They just fly on the wall documentary of these investigative journalists for about half of it and then it, like, flips and becomes about a politician and it just follows this journey. It's this, like, 
Romanian film about like um, corruption oh and it just follows them and it's like fly on the wall. You never meet the characters. There's no talking heads. You just follow them doing their jobs. And it's like so subtle but so brilliant in its structure. You Loved that. had me at fried food cunt and lost me at this. This is so far removed from what my brain can take right now. Same, babe. But it was so good that I was yeah. like, fuck yeah. But on top of that, right, so that's the, what I watched last night. Mm. And then after like an hour of not being able to decide what to watch with Annie because we were, we, she embraces the depression and I tend not to. I tend to be more in the fried food cunt category, mm. um, whereas Annie embraces the depression. We got through selling, uh, no, Lux Listings Sydney, which is a, a show about terrible people. To, oh, to, this sounds like something you'd like. Lux Listing Sydney is like uh, selling sunset, but for Sydney, yep. it's like that's just- great. That's great. <laughs> All right, you got me. I'm back, baby. <laughs> that's that's the shit I'm here for, Zach. I didn't start a podcast with you to hear about pol- like political docos. Yeah, I, I want to talk fair. about rich cunts and their mansions. Oh, I got to tell you, well, then you will love. Lux Listing Sydney from executive producer Kyle Sanderlands. Oh, delicious. It's a phenomenal. It's like it's all about the best real estate agents in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. So good. That's my shit. Yum, yum. Do you know what's interesting? What? People who tend to love documentaries. This this is a generalisation, so please call me out if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. People who tend to love documentaries aren't necessarily really into trashy reality television, which is interesting because both are studies of, like humanity. often documentaries are, studies of humanity. <laughs> and they're both, like, you know, they're both um, much more constructed than, you yeah. know, they're, 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 Annie likes both, so that's good, you know. Yeah. I, my um, I, my I, partner can't handle the trashy reality television. Um, I reserve the only two hours I have in every other day to watch good television with my partner. So we've started Mr. Inbetween. Oh, okay. That sounds good. It's it's a it's just a good series. It's very good. It's Australian, mm. uh, filmed in Sydney, uh, yeah. where my partner is from. So he Jackson has fun Tozer, pointing out. Jackson a friend out. of mine, is in season one. He that. is, and he, he's in season one. That's all I've watched so far. Jackson Tozer, shout out to you. Jackson. You used, you used to date a friend of mine's housemate. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's my connection to Jackson Tozer. So, anyway. So Mr. Inbetween's good. Lux listing Sydney is fantastic. <laughs> it's um, it's a lot of, like there's this one guy that's like, I demand the best from my team and that's why I, and then there's this one bit where he's like, um, I like to look, when, if you're selling beautiful houses, you have to look good. So then he went goes to his tailor's house and the tailor's like, I mean, I made you a suit. And um, it's real fun. <laughs> that's great. But that's very good, though. So that's what I was in. That's the sort of the extent of what I want to watch. Collective is something I had wanted to watch. And then I was like, look, we're, we're here. And it was good, right? We mm. also watched the Woody Allen documentary, a little too heavy for lockdown. Yeah, that's see, that's the kind of stuff I'm just like, oh, no, no, I want fried food cunt. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. But this is what happens, you know, you negotiate through, you end up landing on collective or Mr. In Between, and it's mm. like we both just want to watch fried food. I literally just, I don't even want to Hashtag fried food cunt. 
I just want to play Tetris and eat fried. I want to be the fried food cunt. I want to play yeah. Tetris and be the fried food cunt. That's how I get through mm. lockdown. Um, anyway, so I can't. I don't even remember the point I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make was that collective is really, really good. <laughs> um, but more than that, I have not really been in the mood for very depressing content. Of course. And that's a good framer for how engaged I was with the film we're about to talk about. I Look, no, I'm, I'm glad you said it first because similarly I put it on. My head was not ready for it. Um, the, the wiki description of this film is so vague mm. and I was like maybe I could and then about 20 minutes in I was like, oh, it's that kind of film and I just... I couldn't I couldn't do it anymore. I'm pretty sure I just ate I found a really good vegan cheese mm. and I ate a block of vegan cheese on some Savoy crackers. Mm. Um and just watched TikToks of um people making their husband's dinner. <laughs> mm. It's my new favorite. It's like, "Hi guys, this is what I made for No, this is what I made for my husband's lunch." And they like pack their husband's lunch. Have you seen the one where the lady's like, um, he wanted uh, McDonald's and fries, so I made fries out of apples? Oh, that wouldn't, yeah, that stuff. Oh, that's right up my street. That's the kind of, so while this incredibly depressing movie, I'll read the blurb in just a second, while this incredibly depressing movie was on, I was watching some very obedient woman <laughs> make a sandwich. Wow. Um, just being like, my husband works so hard and this is what I'm making for him. It's That's like some fucking intricate thing that you would be into. Of course you're into that. Oh, and then they pack it, but they eat so much. It's like this intricate sandwich that they toast half of it and half of the shit inside it's oh. cooked and they cook that. Good for them. And then they wrap it perfectly in like a beeswax wrapper and then they put it in there with a snack pack and then an apple sauce and a fucking Dr. Pepper if and a whole happy, bunch of fucking corn syrup. <laughs> listen, if they're happy, they're good for them. I worry that that we've got a bit of a Julianne Moore in the hours situation here. All I'm saying is that if you are one of those people that make those TikToks, slide into the DMs. Let us know. Are you happy? <laughs> Have you tried to kiss Tony Collette and then come back mm. as an old person in Meryl Streep's street story? Is Tony Collette in the hours? Have I made that up? Who does she try to kiss? I think Tony Collette is the one that comes in and she's like, oh, gossip, gossip, gossip. And then she tries no. to kiss her. And then I haven't she seen runs the hours away. in years, but that's a good film. Oh, what a good film. Do you know? Fun- I won't be watching that for about another no, year. <laughs> no, fun fact about the hours. Um, I went to look up Julianne Moore and I came up with Julianne Howe, Hugh, Ho, the singer, no, the dancer. Yeah. Um, uh, the Hours, um, mm. the evil bad man that produced that film, um, Miramax Weinstein, mm. apparently bullied bullied the director to get rid of the soundtrack. Um, the really? soundtrack is done by uh, Philip Glass. And it is, I saw that film when I was like 12, and the soundtrack is probably the the part of the film that's like that stayed with me the most. It's like yeah. the most like like I love Philip Glass because of that film. It's one of my favourite film soundtracks of all time. And apparently he was like, soundtrack shit. And like apparently was like talked to Nicole Kidman and was like, you should tell him to get rid of the soundtrack. Seriously? Not the worst thing he's done. 
Not no. even in the top 100. No, but just, I wouldn't uh, say so. But also, it's just of note. <laughs> Noted. Just, Thank you. No um, worries. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Should I read the blurb for Joe the King? Please. Okay. So this is the film. It's called Joe the King. Good name. Um, here's a fun fact. The start of this whole Leguizamo Rama Rama journey, Zach and I made a spreadsheet with all of John Leguizamo's films. We went through everything he'd done in IMDb and we put it in a spreadsheet and we categorised them. Mm. And we missed this one. Did we? This, this was not in our spreadsheet. How did we miss it? I don't know. How, how did I hear about this? I, just, I heard about this movie somehow, watched the trailer, saw that Johnny Legs was in it, was like, why is that not in our spreadsheet? And it wasn't in our spreadsheet. We missed it, Zach. But mm. we found it. It's back. It's um, So here we go. Joe the King. Right. Uh, Joe the King is a 1999 drama directed by Frank Whaley, who's oh, acted a drama? in 100. Sorry. I would say oh, so. I interrupt. <laughs> it's uh, directed by someone named Frank Whaley, who's acted in 120 films, uh, but only directed five, and this was his directorial debut. Uh, Joe the King. Joe is a disadvantaged preteen who lives with his alcoholic father, Val Kilmer, a super-stressed mother and an older brother who likes girls and sleeping. Joe works at a really shit diner run by a total madman who is very rude to him, his customers, and pretty much everyone, really. To save some money to buy his mum some records, Joe starts stealing money from the diner. This gets him into big trouble. This movie is very depressing and has no lightness at all. It's mostly just angry people being angry at each other and being super angry at poor Joe. Even his teacher is a total cunt. Uh, Joe, uh, sorry, John, Johnny Legs plays George, a guy who works at the diner who is literally the only marginally nice person in the film and even he slaps Joe in the face at one point. It's a good... This, that's little the blurb. description. Kate, Kate Mara's in it. Little Kate Mara. That was a fun little moment. Who's Kate Mara? Um, I'm going to Google it. I'm just Googling today. I'm not pretending to know. Is Kate um, Mara related to Mara Wilson from Matilda fame? No, she's related to Rooney Mara of <gasps> Rooney Mara Rooney fame. Mara fame. Um, she was in Fantastic Four and House yep. of Cards. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Martian. Fantastic Four was very bad. But anyway, she was the little the little cutie that the brother got got it on with while he was um kissing the older warm girl. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I don't wanna like like the film is uh I understand it uh quite is semi autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't wanna like come come for it. Well it's based uh, on a book. Is it? I thought it was based so. on his life. No, I thought it, I thought it was based on the director's life. On Frank Whaley's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I didn't do much research, to be honest. I just no, no, that's fine. I did research while the film was on, and it. I don't want 
I I feel like I need to just uh, the reason I was framing where I was at was to just be like I don't think I'm in a position. If I was a film reviewer, I would have to rewatch it because I okay, was just yeah. like not in the headspace. Like all I would be saying if I gave it a review, all I would be saying was I wasn't in the mood for this film. Okay. Now, I, I, oddly enough, in a similar headspace. Um, I can say of this film that I thought it was shot very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the acting was pretty damn good. The mum was stressed and I could tell that and she was great. And, I mean, if you want, we can just spend the next, like, half an hour talking about Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer um, <laughs> is acting his little socks off in this movie. His Jeez. little sockies. <laughs> his little sockies. Um, I feel like any actor in any Hollywood film, when given the opportunity to play an alcoholic, there would be a thought when they're driving home from signing that contract of, reckon I could get an award for this. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's something about alcoholic roles that people just gun, they just gun for it. Do you mm. know who does it really, really, really well? I can't wait to find out. Cr- in Crazy Heart. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges? I haven't seen Crazy Heart. I've heard it's oh, really good. He, it is pheno- It is so accurate to yeah. what a man of his age and his upbringing and yeah. his time and place would be like as a raging alcoholic. It is so accurate. There's a kind of quiet disassociatedness to a real alcoholic that doesn't happen often in the acting. The acting yeah. is often very like, oh, I'm an alcoholic, whereas, like, mm. a good one is very just, like, laid back almost. Mm. Um, Whoopi Goldberg did a spot on Drag Race in, like, season 10 or something. She describes it really well because one of the drag queens was doing a drunk bit for a stand-up bit and she was just like, no, 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 you're not falling all over the place, you're not whatever. When you're drunk, when you're really properly drunk... And you don't want people to think that you're drunk. Mm. So you just stand still and focus. Mm. And she did a tight, like 10 seconds of drunk acting. Not even three seconds of drunk acting on Drag Race. Phenomenal. Fuck, Love you, Whoopi. Fuck, Whoopi Goldberg is so good. I would do a Whoopi, Whoopi Doopi Doo podcast. Oh my God. A Whoopi Doopi Doo. Or a Whoopi Doopi Doo film festival. Like, if we wanted to do that, <sighs> would be great. You could do Ghost. That's got Ghost, Patrick Swayze. That does, but I think Ghost has been seen too much. You'd want to do the ones that like, although the colour purple, you'd want to do that, hey? Well, yeah, but like I feel like our screenings are more for fun and colour purple is heavy. Yes, that's okay. I, that's I, like us doing an and intro, like, oh, check out, watch out for this funny little bit in the colour purple. I don't think it'd pro- hold our, up too well. Our promo photos could be us at the clay wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be Patrick and you'd be Demi. Mm-hmm. That'd be I, nice. uh, Ghost is so good. That's it's such a, great a good film. film. Great, um, like interesting blend of genres. Like I love, mm. I love it when two genres get put together, and that is a romantic thriller, a romantic supernatural thriller. Yeah, and that's a really interesting combo. It you is, don't isn't see it? Romantic thrillers. I can't think of a single other romantic thriller. That's not like, like, it's like a proper thriller. Hmm. Like there's like, I guess like the Mexican, you know, there's sort of, you could maybe say Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I forgot about that film. (laughs) 
I think about the Mexican a lot. It was really mismarketed. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I watched a thing about Hollywood once where they talked about how it was mismarketed and I always thought it was such a great, like, little lesson in, like, um, selling what you... Because remember how it was advertised as, like, a full romantic film? It was really, like... And the picture was of uh, Brad Pitt and... um, Oh, what's her name? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts kissing. And then the actual film is, like, a... James Gandolfini starring Thriller and yeah. she's only in it for a couple of scenes. And the poster of them kissing at the car, spoiler alert for the Mexican, is the final scene after she's been held hostage yeah. by gunpoint and it's he like- rescues her after going through all this bullshit and then he finally finds her and they have a kiss and using that as the image, that's such a good point. It's like this is a romance. It's like, no, that kiss happened at the end of a lot of savage shit. And it was like yeah. people people hated that film. It got like savaged by reviewers and audiences. Mm. And and I remember reading though this thing was like it was a pretty good film. Mm. It was a pretty good film. But then this guy, I remember on this like little Hollywood documentary, this guy was saying, "But you go if you go to a chi- if you put a sign up on your restaurant that says Chinese food and people walk in expecting Chinese food and all you serve is pizza and pasta. It doesn't matter if it's the best pizza and pasta in all of the town. If -hmm. people are expecting Chinese food, you're getting a bad review. Absolutely. And that's why I think about the Mexican often. (laughs) I would totally watch that movie again. That's yeah. that's a lockdown watch. That is a lockdown watch. But no, it isn't because it's a lot more depressing and full on than you remember. You're thinking of the pretty image of them having I'm a kiss. I'm thinking of the kisses, yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of a full on film. Oh, Jesus. Um, but no, yeah, this movie was um, really, it was, it was, it, it felt very personal. It felt like a very yes. personal film. Um I thought it was a really interesting, like, for me, I I think, like, I compare it to, um, like, one of my all-time favourite movies is... uh, Please Say This Boy's Life, or uh, is that the one I'm thinking about? No, no, I I was going to say Billy Elliot. Oh, yeah. Love Billy Elliot. And... Actually, this is England is a good reference point to this as well. But anyway, I honestly, I'm throwing this this boy's life into the ring as well. If you haven't seen that, I, no, I have def- not seen that. Oh, oh. So I was watching this film, and this is to not take away from Frank. If it is Frank Whaley's story, to take away from the fact that it's a fucking harrowing story, and I can't imagine growing up that way. But um, this boy's life is done so well. It's Leonardo DiCaprio when he was young, and Robert De Niro. Ah. And it's it's such a good, it's so, fuck, I haven't seen it in so long. But, no, I remember really loving that film because it is such a good little character study on and also a real story on um, abusive father, younger son, not living up to expectations kind of deal, you know? And I think, like, Billy Elliot, the, 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 this boy's life sounds like a much better reference point because Billy Elliot is, is, the dad's quite nice except for the bit where he's like, ballet. But I love Billy Elliot and I love Billy Elliot because it tells the story of a disenfranchised people. It tells the story of a very depressing time and a very depressing set of circumstances Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. But it also has a narrative about someone getting out of it. It has a narrative 
um, in contrast to the norm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really, like for my taste, I think a really beautiful kind of way to say it. Like I come out of Billy Elliot and I go, wow, that's a really depressing time. I don't think everyone went off to ballet school. I think it takes a real freak occurrence to be able to get out of those circumstances. Mm -hmm. But then I engage with that film as a film because the story is uh, bigger and more universal and everything. And I think, and I think, um, I think that's just really interesting. Like, I think that's a really great example of something I gravitate towards, which is like, you can go to a very dark place, I think, um, and still, have a story and have a narrative. And in fact, those things can contrast with the, the depressingness, whereas this was, was very unrelentingly depressing and, and I yeah. just wasn't in the mood for it. Um, another movie that's um, completely relentless in how depressing it is, have you ever seen um, Winter's Bone? No. I really um, want d- to, though. Uh, Joe uh, jo the King is not similar to Winter's Bone, but it is similar in the sense that they're both relentlessly depressing Um, and Winter's Bone is this little um, snapshot of a very, very, I was about to say small thumbnail of society, but, I mean, I think it's quite vast really, that live in poverty um, in middle America and how how absolutely ruthless it is (laughs) Um, and it's a really really interest from me and my little privileged Ivanhoe private school upbringing is a real kind of eye-opening, uh, I was about to say really enjoyable viewing experience, <laughs> but um, enjoyable in the sense that, you know, it, it carries it. Like the, the depressingness is carried through while still maintaining some sort of entertainment. Does that Nomad, make sense? Nomadland is another great example. I haven't of seen that yet. It's really, really good. But it's mm. also pretty unrelenting. But there's this like, I don't know. I don't know why Nomadland does it because Nomadland doesn't have like a lightness or like mm. Billy Elliot does. I think there's a beauty. There's also like a joy within it. Um, ah, another great one is uh, Once Were Warriors. Have you seen Once Were Warriors? No. Is that a football oh. movie? No, 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 no. Oh. It's a film uh, from New Zealand about a, a Maori family and it's like it's one of my favourite movies, full on, trigger warning, all that. Like it's mm. like really full on. But there's – and it's pretty – consistently depressed but there's like so much light and shade and so much uh it's so dynamic in the way that it's made that Mm. it it makes you like you watch it like it's it feels entertaining even though it's not does that make sense like you you're Mm. pulled in and you're forced to watch it but it's like it's heavy the whole way through does not sound like lockdown viewing no there's no fried food cunt in there that comes no, in at one point. No, it's like, no. does anyone want a deep fried peach? No, it's <laughs> it, it's an incredible film, but <laughs> my God, Mish, everything and listeners, everything we've listed, and and not, I'm not recommending them right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You watch whatever Win- makes you happy. Winter's Bone, incredible film. Don't watch it yet. <laughs> Don't watch it just yet. You don't, you don't need to watch that. You don't need to watch it just <laughs> Unless yet. Unless you're like my partner and you like to lean in. Mm. Um, go for it. 
What's um, another what's another unrelentingly depressing film that's really good? I'm trying to think of like just sad. <laughs> really, they're really good. They're really good. Arguably, be- arguably Gone with the Wind. Oh yeah. That's just a very depressing film. There's moments of lightness where she like her and Rhett Butler fall in love and like whatever, but it's incredibly depressing because she's in love with Ashley. Have you seen Gone with the Wind? I've not seen Gone with the Wind. Oh, my God. Vivian Lee is in love with Rhett Butler. No, wrong. Vivian Lee is in love with Ashley, but Ashley's marrying his cousin. But then Rhett Butler sees Vivian Lee and he's like, wow, she's hot. Rhett Butler's got coin. Um, But Vivian Lee's not interested. She just wants to marry Ashley. And even though her mammy (laughs) says, no, you may not. Yes, it's the name they use in the... I have to use it. That's her name in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, her name is Hattie McDaniel and she was the first ever uh, person of colour to win an Oscar. And then it was another 74 years before Halle Berry won. And That's then we exactly teased right. her for crying. Go back and rewatch that acceptance speech, Mish. Yeah, I know. It's fucked. It's, anyway, it's like, powerful. It's, it's, it's so incredible. Powerful. It's, it's so fucked that, like, she cops so much shit for that. Because she's like, yeah, anyway, go back and watch um, it. I just watched I it I was telling you the story well. of Gone with the Wind. Anyway. You were with no, with no <laughs> colour or detail. You were just going through the three-hour films. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, Ashley still wants to be with his cousin. Vivian Lee ends up marrying Rhett Butler. Mm. But Rhett Butler goes, you don't love me, and then leaves. And then she's like, well, but Rhett, where should I go? What should I do? Oh, and wow. he turns around and he says, Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And then she goes and cries on a hill with a carrot and then she says, no, I'll go back to Rhett and tell him I love him because, you know, tomorrow tomorrow is another day and then hopeful music and, like, it, you know, dissolves. I should watch Gone it, with you know. the Wind. That's very high on my list of old movies I need to watch. I watch Casablanca. Very depressing, though. Yeah. Very depressing. Here's my thing. I think that um, for storytelling... You kind of need. I'm a big, big believer in contrast. That's just mm. me. This is me taking off my hat, my funny hat, and saying, as an artist myself, not that I make art, I just make cum jokes. But if I were to make art. You're an excellent artist, Zach, don't you? Oh, bless do you. Um, no, 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 I haven't earned that. But what I'm saying is a big thing in my, a big belief for me is contrast. Contrast is such a big key. If you want to make people feel depressed, you have to contrast it with something. And if yeah. you want to have people let you in, you, you have to give them joy to let them in. It's like, I think that the most devastating endings of films for me when a film is truly like, oh, in its ending, um, like, is usually because there was hope. Usually because there was hope in that story. And then 100%. the choice at the end was to give you the hopeless, you know. And the, when I'm like fully like, by an ending, it's because I was given hope. Um, to, yeah. To me, when it's done badly, is when I don't care who ends up as the misfortunate one or the unfortunate. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. When I don't give a shit uh, who ends up dying or poor, like if I'm not backing anybody, that to me is when it's done poorly. I'm not saying Joe the King did that. I was backing Joe. 
wanted that little preteen cunt to find good in the end. Mm. Um, also back in Johnny Legs because it's Johnny uh, Legs. And we do have to talk about, sorry, you were saying. Yeah. Um, I think that this film, Joe the King, didn't do what I just said. Like I said, I was backing Joe. I think we were meant to back Joe, mm. even though he was a little shit and he robbed people and he said cheeky things and stuff. He was a From good the, boy. He's a good little boy and we want him to do well. To me, like I'm going to go back to the hollow point. <laughs> Mm. I didn't give fuck who got shot. When there were big shootout car scenes and it's like someone died, I'm like, I don't care who it is. That's a problem for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because, because it's like you, you, you to truly make someone feel depressed, mm. I think if you give people depressing things for, for a long time, mm. you go... You don't feel depressed. You feel like, ugh, icky. Mm. Whereas if you want to make someone feel depressed, you give them hope, you take it away. You have to give them the feeling that the people on screen are having. That's, yeah. what, I, that's what I think I'm landing on. Um, mm-hmm. A sense that there's a way out. And I think that, you know, that, 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 that's something that I, I would have, you know... Imagine a Billy Elliot where you watch all the Billy Elliot and then at the end they're like, nah, fuck ya. Oh, awful. That would have been depressing. Awful. But it would have worked. It would have worked. That plot with a depressing ending would have worked. Mm. Um, That's why, um, if you, do you ever watch Game of Thrones? No. I can't say anything then. Like, but isn't yeah, everything like super, super like just unrelenting? Well, Are okay, you going to talk? There's a, specific, the, there's a specific The Red Wedding, example. I'm guessing. No. No, okay. No. So I binge watched the first three seasons, I think it yeah, is, or maybe yeah. four seasons of Game of Thrones. And there was a character that came into either season three or four. I think it's four. Character that came in at season four was became my favourite character. And mm. I was like, I reckon he's going to be the one on the throne. Mm. I reckon it's going to be them. I'm, I'm th- I'm, I'm, I love him and he's our hope. And then cunt killed him <laughs> and he died. Mm. And I'm not going to say who it was or how he died, but I then um, stopped watching Game of Thrones for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> because I, could, I was just like, like I, can't, I can't do that anymore. But incredible, incredible that, they got, that I'd, I'd had that response, you know what I mean, that it was able to evoke that from me. Yeah, I feel you, man. But then it also it's like you've got to, because didn't I, I never watched um, – Land of the Dead, there's the dead. Anyway, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I just wasn't in the mood for unrelenting depression. I wasn't in the mood for I'm I'm up for having my emotions toyed with. I just wasn't in the mood for like just You can't you can't be mad at me though, because I picked this film before we locked down. <laughs> ah, I'm not mad at you. I promise you that the next one that we do, so after like I promise you, will be lighter. I, no, look, no, no shade to you. I'm, I'm more saying it as a defence of the movie because, like, I'm not coming out of this movie going, you have to watch Joe the King, but that's mm. not Joe the King's fault. That's just I mm. wasn't in the mood for Joe the King. I don't know if I would have loved Joe the King anyway. I'm just mm. saying I don't think I'm an authoritative voice on it right now because I wasn't in the mood. Do you know how I want to wrap this up? Can I have one point about Johnny Legs, though. Yeah, go. One moment of joy in this film for me mm-hmm. was I forgot which era of Johnny Legs it was being made in. 
I think I thought it was a little later. I think I was expecting that Dad Guizamo. Mm-hmm. And we got like full, I would say Hollywood Guizamo. Like it was full, like, like I think it's the hottest he's ever been. Oh, wow, really? Well, he, up there. Like it's in yeah. that era. Like this is like Tybalt, like this. this it's uh, one year after, one year after Tybalt. It's what the, and I just was like watching this movie and I was like, oh, my God. I was expecting Dad Guzamo, and here we have just like this shining beacon of human perfection. And I was like, good for mm. you, Johnny. Good he, for you, Johnny I, Legs. I picked this film. So the mm. method behind my madness of picking this film was because we we hadn't done a good, proper sexy Luigi in a while. Mm. Um, this is definitely uh, Leg was Hollywood. Mm. But Which is a subset the, of the sexy Luigi Of the era. sexy Luigi. And I just needed a bit of sexy Luigi. Um, how I'd like to wrap this up is if we each just, just throw out there our favourite Val Kilmer film. <laughs> I have two. Okay, sure. I might have to, like, IMDb it because I, 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 uh, I, like, all I'm thinking of is the Batman one, which is one Well, that's, that's one of my favourite. Batman and Robin is one of my like I would say, genuinely top twenty-five favorite films. That's, he's hit. not Batman and Robin. He's Batman Forever. Forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I meant. That's what I meant. But Batman um, and Robin is top twenty-five. I that's okay. Batman so yeah, Robin. I got confused. Batman and Robin is my twenty. It's top twenty-five. Batman Forever is like not even top one hundred. But like, great. It's good. My my favorite Val Kilmer film by far is Willow. Oh, fun. I've never seen Willow. Oh, you should. That's a nice lockdown watch. This is a lot, like there's a lot of my haven't watched have come up in this list. A lot of Val Kilmer. What would that be called? The Val Kilmerama. Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmerama. Val Kilmer. Do you know I've only seen half of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Got to watch all of that at some point. Mm. Um, I... My favourite Val Kilmer film is, um, uh, what was it called? I'm having, oh, Top Secret. Haven't seen it. Top Secret is his first ever movie I'm seeing now on IMDb. Um, I didn't realise it was his first ever movie. Um, Top Secret is... um, Oh, my God, it's got Omar Sharif in it, who is from Funny Girl, who Zach and I often discuss is a movie that we need to watch together. (laughs) Yes, yes we do. Um, Yeah, we should. Let's do it. Um, Let's come around to my place. Oh, you can't because of Gladys Berejiklian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I'm getting political. Are we cutting that? Nah, I don't care. (laughs) It's, it's her fault. It's Scomo's fault. Fuck him. All of them. Fuck him. Um, nah, Tom, cut, cut that. <laughs> Just, nah, beep it. Just beep it. Just beep no, it. No, it is. It's their fault. I'm not saying like I try not to be political, but it is their fault. Yeah. They shouldn't have played politics on this one. They should have just done. She should have just done a hard lockdown. I'll have to watch Top Secret. So Top Secret is like the the Zucker brothers, and it's um like it's full like airplane. Like it was the one I grew up watching. You know how like that like airplane and um and top and uh, top, top gun, gun and all those films. This was the and like hot this shots. And hot shots. This was the one I grew up watching. Most people watch to hot shots, but I love this film so much. There's a bit in it where he goes. I can't remember if it was him or she goes, 
because um, it's all about a spy in Nazi Germany. And there's this bit in it where she goes, I know a little German. He's over there. <laughs> and there's a little very German. Very cute. <laughs> it's very, very, it's just like, like so funny. So many jokes. That's very um, cute. What about um, Leguistamos, though? This movie, uh, well, he executive produced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love that he executive produced it and then didn't give himself a lead. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he is having fun. He shot it in a couple of days, apparently. Yeah. Um, oh, Ethan Hawke's in it too. Ethan Hawke is like so in it and he's so yeah. Ethan Hawke in it. I love Ethan yeah. Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. I'm getting all fired up about how much I love Ethan Hawke. I rewatched. I, I do like Ethan Hawke, but I rewatched Reality Bites recently, and that movie uh, has not aged well. No. Nah. It really has not aged well. Although I will say this, Ben Stiller is fucking hot in that film. I don't know what it is about Ben Stiller in that movie. Ben not, Stiller, like, that was him decide. Like, like there was like a roll of the dice about whether he would be a comedic actor or a dramatic yeah. actor. And, well, no, and- he um he. Directed, directed it. Directed it, yeah. He directed that and then a year later he directed uh, The Cable Guy. Uh, yeah. And like uh, Reality Bites and so did Cable Guy, everything to badly from him, but then Zoolander. <laughs> um, Ethan Hawke in um, Boyhood is mm. like, have you, seen, have you seen Boyhood? I have not seen Boyhood. Oh, Mish, Mish. Mish, I know you've listed 73 things I need to watch, but Boyhood is, if, we, if we're talking, actually, here's my, here's my, before I get my Leguistamo, here's my, what I would recommend off the back of this. Of all the things I've said, Boyhood mm-hmm. is a beautiful example of an exploration of youth and everything. Do you know the, about Boyhood? That's the one that they yes. filmed one. Where they aged over 10 years or yeah, something. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be real here. You've got to find three hours to watch a movie about a boy just living his life. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm here with you when I say, yeah, maybe you're not going to be in the mood for it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ethan, Ethan Hawke in that is so beautiful and he's like such I will, a okay. it's yeah. I will watch that in the next week. Mark my bloody words. Great. I've got the time. And I'll um, watch- have, you ever seen, have you ever seen Sinister with Ethan Hawke? It's a horror no. film? No. Pretty bit scary. I watched give- um, I watched uh, the predestination with Ethan Hawke the other day. Oh, that's nice. It's um, a- I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend to you the same movie I recommend to you all the time, which is Can you please watch Coherence? All right, I'll or watch in, Coherence. Or Incoherence. Incoherence. Ah, oh, that's it's very like low lo-fi though, isn't it? That's no, fun. Watch I really want to watch it, but I'm gonna just own it and say not in the mood for lo-fi right now. All right, that's fair. Then watch um, This Boy's Life. Okay. Um, any, like, real, like, real fucked, um, real fucked Val Kilmer ones you want to recommend? Oh, real fucked Val Kilmer films. Let me just think. What have I seen that's real fucked with Val Kilmer in it? Um, obviously, there's Batman and Robin. That's pretty fucked. He's in Top Gun. Do you know what? I've never seen Top Gun. That's going to be oh, my little okay. personal... I got asked the other day on Instagram what movie I would have liked to have seen John Leguizamo be in. Top Gun was one of them. Top Gun would be great. Oh, do you know what you should watch? Watch True Romance. <sighs> yeah. I've He's never in seen True, True Romance. Romance. With um, uh, Patricia Arquette. 
Yeah. Gary right. Oldman's in that film. Watch True. Oh, I'll watch True Romance. Fuck yeah. All right. I'm going to watch True, Rom- Rom- True Romance. You watch Boyhood, but you don't have to watch it if you're not in the mood for it this week. I think we just both watch True Romance. True Romance is so good. Yeah, it's so um, good. All right. Leguistamos. Leguistamos. I'm giving it. Um, Let's say it together on the count of three. Three, three two, two, one, four. Three Leguistamos. Great. So you're giving it four, I'm giving it three. Great. 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 Um, and the reasoning, love a sexy Luigi. I just wish there'd been a bit more of him in it. Um, I'd honestly, and not just because I love John Leguizamo and I want to see him all the time. I liked his character and I liked his character's relationship with Joe. It was by far my favourite relationship and the whole thing and it just wasn't really explored that much. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, and- I just, I, I, I liked his... Um, Big shirt. Yeah, it's nice. Tom, can you please chuck a little bit of slow jazz underneath this? The Zach whole thing? I, no, just this last oh, little just bit. Just this bit, yeah. yeah. Hey, Zach, and I just, Zach and I just want to do a quick shout-out to our listeners currently in lockdown all over the world. You can get through this. Uh, just watch True, Man, True Romance uh, with Zach and Mish this week, uh, starring Val Kilmer. Uh, we'll have already yeah. watched it by the time you listen to this. That's true. But um, highly recommend. Yeah. And you guys, you've got this, Daddy-O. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I just wanted to add something because I felt like this had been so, like... Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> night. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.